people have been asking, and it is finally here. My next live event, Work On Your Game Live, is taking place. Write these dates down. February 3rd and 4th, that's a Friday and a Saturday, here in beautiful, sunny, warm Miami, Florida, February 2023, February 3rd and 4th. At this event, we're going to help you achieve three specific things. You can write these things down too. Number one, help you raise your level of performance, because as I always say, this is a performance-based business that we are in. Number two, increase the consistency of your performance. This means you don't only perform at a high level, but you can do it over and over and over again. And number three, you're going to make more money in your business. If you are into making more money and generating more revenue in your business, we're going to do all of that. Those three things, performance, consistency, revenue, at Work On Your Game Live. Now, how we're going to do that are four specific things, the mindset that you need to show up every day and do the work, the strategy so that you have a game plan of action, the system so that you can execute the strategy consistently without fail, with very little variation from moment to moment, and the execution to go and get it done over and over and over again. Those are just details. But just keep these three things in mind that I told you at the top. Performance, consistency, income. If you are interested in any one of those three things or two of them or all three, go to workonyourgame.live. Again, workonyourgame.live. Get your ticket to the event. I am hosting. I will be teaching the entire two days. We'll give you food and snacks and coffee and donuts and all that. We have VIP dinners both nights that are optional if you would like to join. And I mean, it's Miami. Who doesn't want to be in Miami in the middle of February when it's the coldest part of the year everywhere else in the United States? Get your ticket by going to workonyourgame.live. Then text me. Let me know that you're coming. And we're going to know who everybody is, who needs to meet who. I'm going to make sure everybody gets exactly what you need out of that. You will not leave that room unless you have a full game plan moving forward of action to take your business where it needs to go. Workonyourgame.live. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894. 305-384-6894. Straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Until you accept what's accurate, over what's right, you're going to continue to basically shoot yourself in the foot and not get to where you want to get to. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to occur. And on top of all this, we're not done. You get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself. 
to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques on the Umbrella One Unifying Philosophy that is called Work On Your Game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, the habits that are keeping you average. Before we get into this, let me tell you a couple things. First, Daily Motivation Text goes out every single morning to everyone in my text community. You want to receive this message guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. Text me at my number, 305-384-6894. Every morning when that message goes out, you'll be getting it. Number two, my next live event, Work On Your Game Live. If you can still see the page, you go to workonyourgame.live right now. You can still get tickets. If you can't see the page, then make sure you're on the alert list so that you get tickets for the next event that's taking place. You can be in the damn room and stop small timing looking at YouTube videos and tweets and thinking that's going to take you where you need to go in your life. Or those things have been out for decades. It hasn't gotten you where you want to be. Get your ticket to Work On Your Game Live by going to workonyourgame.live right now before we close the cart and you cannot get a ticket anymore, which might have already happened by the time you hear this. So go to that link right now, which should be down below in the description. Get the tickets to that event February 3rd and 4th in Miami. And third thing, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. That's the next step. You're a listener to this show. You ready to go to the next level and get into the courses and the other materials that we have here in the university. That's the next step if you are already listening to the show. If you're ready to take a next step besides listening to the show, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. That's the next place that you need to be. So with that said, let's get into the topic here today, the habits that are keeping you average. Now, on the heels of yesterday's masterclass, yesterday's topic was episode number 2424 what the top 2% are doing that you are not doing. Today, we're basically going to flip that around. We'll make a whole masterclass on this subject of the things that you are doing, not that the top 2% are doing, but that you are doing. Hopefully, the point of this is to throw a glass of cold water in the face of some of you who are still salvageable, because some of the habits that I'm going to point out, I'm going to be honest, as I've told you before, the, the law of inertia states objects in motion tend to remain in motion, objects not in motion tend to stay not in motion. Many people simply get into a certain series of habits by young adulthood, and those habits are not changing. They are not going to change. That's why the law of inertia is not a theory or a proposal. It is a law, meaning most people simply don't change. Most people spend their whole lives doing the same things over and over again. So some of you are salvageable, meaning you have some average habits, some average person habits that are holding you back that you will change. If you hear about them enough and you are finally compelled to do something about them, some of you do have the capacity to make that change. Many people, though, don't have the capacity to make this change. No, they're going to become professional information gatherers, like I like to say. They're going to take in the information, they're going to listen to shows like this one, and you're going to get the daily motivation text, and you're going to watch YouTube videos, and you're going to do the stuff that makes you feel good. And you can say that you are, and it can make you feel like you're actually doing something to move yourself forward when you're not really doing anything. And that's pretty much how the rest of your life is going to go. And I'm not saying this to be some people might hear this and they might say, well, that sounds kind of negative. Well, you can call it whatever the hell you want to call it. Let's just call it truth because it is accurate. And again, that's why I just told you I preface that point by saying the law of inertia is a law. It is not Dre's opinion of inertia. It's a law. And this is why it's a law, because you can find it over and over and over again in the universe. So I didn't make this up. This is just what it is. So if you want to call that negative, that's your damn problem. So let's get into the actual point so you understand why this is what it is. And by the way, anybody who would hear that and call it negative, well, first of all, the question is not whether it's positive or negative. The positive and negative are really just about your personal perception. And your personal perception has nothing to do with the actual facts of a situation. Second thing is, if you're calling it negative, maybe it's because something's being pointed out 
that is causing you to look in the mirror is holding a mirror up to you. Maybe that's the reason why you're calling it negative. I don't call it negative. So why is it negative to you? Is it might only be negative to you because it's showing you something about yourself that maybe you would prefer to not pay attention to. But let's get into our points here today. So I don't step on anything. Point number one, today's topic, once again, are the habits that are keeping you average. Number one, defaulting to belief and hard work is your keys to success. Now, I have talked about this one, turned it around, beat it up from every different direction so many times, and I'm going to continue to. I'm going to keep talking about this. I'm going to preach about this ad nauseum forever. Defaulting to believing in myself more and working harder as the keys to your success. Again, belief and hard work are elements of your success, but they are not the formula for success. Those two things alone will not be enough. You need them, but that's not the whole thing. It's like salt and pepper. It's not enough to have a meal. Now, you want salt and pepper because you like to put that on your sandwich, but if you don't have a sandwich to put it on, it doesn't matter that you have these, right? You understand? So there are a lot of hardworking people out there who believe in themselves very strongly, but they are mediocre at best. The results that they are producing are mediocre at best and low level at worst. Now, I'm not telling you not to believe in yourself. I'm telling you to have tools like belief that need to be built on something real. If you're going to have belief, your belief needs to be built on the fact that you actually have some substance. All right. Having belief alone is not going to get you to where you want to go. I talked in episode 1286, how to be a person of substance. Episode 2183, how substance is self-evident. So if you want to build a house, do you need a hammer and nails? Yes, you probably do. But if all you have is a hammer and nails, it doesn't matter how much you believe in yourself, you're probably not going to build that house if you don't have any other tools and you don't have a clear strategy for building the house or you don't know how to build a house. Many of you are like the person with the hammer and the nails, continually going back to the well of belief and faith that you will be able to build a house when you don't have any other tools for which to build that house. And then when someone like myself comes along and tells you, hey, you're probably going to need some other tools besides a hammer and a nail to build a house. You reply that, well, hey, I believe in myself and I have faith and no God's going to do it for me. And that's all that you'll need. Listen, that's bullshit. Okay, I don't know how many different times I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to keep telling you that until I saw until I cure the entire world of this affliction. And thing is, I've already accepted the fact that I will never cure the whole world of this because I'll be going against the laws of the universe. Try to get people to get out of this. But I'm going to change the people who can be changed. I'm going to salvage the people who are savable. The real question is whether or not your belief and faith is actually going to get the thing done. I'm already telling you that it's not. The real question is how many years of your life are going to go by before you accept the fact that belief and faith alone are not going to solve your problems. Belief and faith and hard work, we can add that in too. They are not going to solve your problems. Just the question is how long is it going to take for you to figure it out? How long is it going to take for you? Actually, you don't have to figure it out. I've already figured it out for you. Question is how long before you accept it is the better way of saying it because it's already true. It's just a matter of how much truth are you willing to accept and how much truth are you continually, consciously and subconsciously choosing to reject. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is the habits that are keeping you average. Number two, seeking validation and affirmation over accuracy. Validation and affirmation over accuracy. What exactly does this mean? I told you that there's a difference between being right and being accurate. Let me tell you what episode that was. Episode number 2167, being right versus being accurate. Being right is about serving your ego and proving that your opinion prevails over someone else's opinion. All right, that's what being right is. I'm right. You're wrong. All right. That's somebody wins. Somebody loses. That's what being right is about. Many people spend their entire lives, especially when it comes to your own personal goals and ambitions, trying to prove yourself right. And there are times when it makes sense to prove yourself right. But in order to prove yourself right, you should also default to accuracy. And I'll explain that in a second. I'll give you a personal example to help you understand what I mean by that. 
But as opposed to being right, here's what being accurate means. Being accurate is about focusing on what will lead to the desired outcome. Those are two different things. Because see, if I have an opinion that hammer and nails is all I'll need to build a house, I can prove myself right. I could argue anybody down that I'm right, right? But being accurate is about what is actually going to help me build the house. See, I could prove myself right that a hammer and nails is all I need. But what's accurate is if I had a construction team and some people who actually knew how to build a house and a whole bunch more tools than just a hammer and nails and some concrete and some cement and whatever else it takes to build a house. I don't even know. You see, this is why I shouldn't be the one building the house. I could probably get that house done much more quickly and prove myself and be much more accurate in my assessment than trying to prove myself right by just arguing that my belief, hard work and faith is enough to get things done. Many of you are more interested in having your views and perspectives validated and affirmed, i.e. trying to prove yourself right, than you are in actually achieving your goals, which will require accuracy. I want to let that point sink in. Let me give you an example. In 2002, it was 2002, early 2003, I was on a basketball team at my college. A new coach had come in. I ended up off the basketball team after some run-ins with the coach. You can read my first book, Buy a Game, for free if you want to read about the details of that. But the long and short of it is I wasn't on the basketball team anymore. My last year and a half of college, I was not on the basketball team, even though I had basketball ability, talent, skill, and I believed I was good enough to play in the pros. Notice that key word. I believed I was good enough to play in the pros, yet for the last year and a half of college, I wasn't even on the basketball team at a Division three school that had not even produced a professional player before. So my belief said one thing, but the facts, the accuracy said another thing. Okay, so I could argue myself right. I could tell myself all day that I was good enough to play pro and better than whoever was on the team and that the coach was an idiot. All those things I could prove myself right with. I could validate and affirm myself all day. But the situation looked at plainly. The accurate truth was I was not on the basketball team and I had no prospects for playing professionally. That was what was accurate. So what I had to say to myself over the next year plus, because this was early 2003, I ended up off the basketball team. So over the next two and a half years, more than two and a half years, I had to, first of all, come to grips with the accurate assessment of the situation, which was the following. You believe, Dre, that you're good enough to play pro and you can probably tell yourself, you tell yourself that often enough, you're going to accept it as a truth. Here's the accurate fact. You are not playing anywhere. That was the accurate part. See, the right part was I thought the coach was a dummy and maybe he was a dummy. But the accurate part was your career has there's nothing going on in your career right now. That was a fact. And when I accepted the accuracy of the situation that I had nothing going on, I had to put my rightness in the back seat. I had to put my rightness in the trunk. As a matter of fact, leave it at home. Don't even put it in the car. And I had to go out and fix the accuracy of the situation and change what was accurate about my situation from you're playing nowhere to you're playing somewhere. And it took me over two years to make that happen. And then in 2005, at the age of 23, I signed my first pro basketball contract. I changed what was accurate. See, what's accurate can change, folks. What's right can change as well. So you can change your opinion. You could also change the fact of a situation. The fact can be you have nothing going on and that fact can change so you have something going on. But usually you can't change the accurate part of a situation until you accept the fact that being right is not the end game. Many people are so focused on trying to be right. And then you prove yourself right. Because listen, I could say whatever I want to you. But when you get done listening to this episode, you could turn this off and you could go tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself. Doesn't matter what I say. Many people are so focused on being right and validating and affirming your own beliefs and your own faith and that whatever you're doing is just that happens to be that's just perfect that you never let yourself accept the fact that what's accurate is more important than your beliefs. 
and what you decide you know, that your thought until you accept what's accurate over what's right. You're going to continue to basically shoot yourself in the foot and not get to where you want to get to. You got to be able to look at yourself and your situation objectively, whether you come to this conclusion on your own like I did, or you have someone who helps you come to this conclusion and tells you the truth about what you really need to see and what you really need to understand. And then you had to be disciplined, confident and mentally tough enough to accept that truth so that you can do something about it. Biggest challenge many people have is that they simply don't want to accept the objective reality of their situation. They'd rather be right and validate themselves with bullshit. And let me help you out to let you know if you're validating yourself with bullshit right now is if you have been trying the same approach for a year or more, it is not working yet. You have not resolved that you probably need to do something different and probably get some insight from someone other than yourself. You're bullshitting yourself. And this is a habit that is keeping you average or worse than average. And I'm letting that one sink in. Being accurate is about what leads to the desired outcome. Being right is about what makes you feel good. Many people are more interested in being right than you are in being accurate, i.e. you're more interested in having yourself validated than you are in achieving your goal. Now, everybody says they want to achieve their goal. And I ask people this question all the time. My text community, I reply back to people's texts all the time. And they tell me what they're working on. I say, OK, well, how is that working so far? What are you doing so far to get to that situation? What are you doing to work on this challenge that you have? And they'll tell me what they're doing. I ask them, is this working? They say, yeah, yeah, it's working. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm getting this progress. 90% of the people who reply to my text when I ask them questions like that, they say that whatever they're doing is already working. But if everything you're doing is working, why is it a challenge? If everything that you're doing is working, why is it a challenge? Because if it's working, then you don't really have a challenge. See, one of my challenges right now is See, when I run, I had missed some time because I had a, a calf injury, so I wasn't able to get myself in my best game shape for the two races I ran in November 2022. But I'm getting back in the I'm recording this in December. I'm getting myself back in the game shape now and I can see my times are slowly coming down every time that I run. So if somebody asked me, what's your biggest challenge physically right now? I wouldn't say that I need to get faster. I wouldn't say that's a challenge because I already know exactly what I'm doing. So why, I wouldn't even bring that up. That's a work in progress. that's happening. That's happening. That's taken care of. It's done. When people bring up things that are challenges to me and they say, well, this thing is a challenge. I say, well, what are you doing to work on it? And they'll give me some form of some bullshit that is not really. They'll give me some form of hard work, belief, faith. That's usually what I hear all the time. This is the reason why I bring these things up, because so many people say them. And I say, well, is that helping you get to where you want to get to? And the thing is, people are trying so hard to save face rather than just admit that they don't know what they're doing, that they need help. A lot of people just don't want to admit that they need help, especially in Western society. This is a big thing since we have this whole you know, selfie generation culture going on these days. Everybody's trying to make themselves look like they're everything's going great, that people don't want to admit this. And they end up, again, you're only hurting yourself with this. You rather be right than to be accurate. Most people rather be validated and affirmed than to be successful, i.e. than reach an intended target. And back when I used to post basketball content, I would often tell players the harsh truth of why their careers were not going the way that the player wanted them to go. Some player might say, I didn't make my team or I'm not getting the ball or the coach has me sitting on the bench. And I would tell them the truth. Well, the reason you're sitting on the bench is probably because the players who are playing in the game are better than you. I mean, just by by inductive reasoning, I've seen enough basketball that guys sitting on the bench usually is not as good as the guys on the court. That's usually how it goes. But there would always be, not always, but often, some random well-meaning person would come in behind my comment and try to offer the belief and faith argument to that same player. They would say something like, well, hey, you know, if you just keep believing in yourself or this guy sat on the bench or, you know, if you just you know, keep working hard and believing and showing up every day and the coach will see that and eventually you'll get your chance. And the player would always love this kind of comment coming from that other just random straggler who came into my comment section. Why? 
Why do the players always love this comment? Some of you might say, some of you who might be the type of person who will leave this kind of comment, you might say, well, because that person was being more positive. Listen, being positive about a situation that's not working is not going to make the situation better. So this whole concept, there was someone who sent me a text one time and said, Dre, well, the last couple of daily motivation texts you sent have been more on the negative side instead of the positive side. It's not called the positive motivation text. It's called the daily motivation text. Motivation sometimes means you need to be kicked in your ass. Motivation does not always mean telling you something that makes you feel good. And I told this person exactly that. And guess what? They still get those tips. Uh, they know who they are. They're listening to this right now. And the thing is, that comment would always be well received by the player because it made them feel good. It affirmed and validated them. But understand, somebody telling you things that affirm and validate you all the time don't usually help you perform at a higher level. They don't usually help you advance. They don't make you better. Sometimes you need to be kicked in your ass and told what you need to hear about yourself, even if you don't want to hear it. That well-meaning comment didn't help that player get better. That player was probably still sitting on the bench a year later, even after they got you know, all the feels from this bum-ass comment that came in after my comment. See, this is the juxtaposition between things to help you feel good and will help you do good. Which one are you seeking out in your life? Things that make you feel good or things to help you do good? And usually the things that help you do good don't really feel that good. And the things that help you feel good usually don't help you do good. See, this is the conflict of life. And this is the reason why many people have these habits that are keeping them average simply because they rather feel good than do good. And often you have to choose between the two. There are times you can do both, but often you got to choose. Point number three, today's topic, once again, are the habits that are keeping you average. Number three, not knowing your business or not knowing what business you are actually in. Question, how much is an hour of your time worth? I sent a text out asking this question in December 2022. Most of the answers that I got, people either A, did not know, B, just made up a random number, and C, there were a few people who did actually know how much an hour their time is worth. Interesting thing is, though I say about 90% of people have no idea how much an hour their time is worth, very few people just say, you know what, Dre, I never thought about it. I don't know. How can I figure that out? I got very few people responded and actually said that. I don't know. I've never thought about it. How can I figure that out? Because see, if you don't know something, the best thing to do is not pretend like you do know it. It's to ask questions and find out what are you missing? What did you not know or what had you never considered that led to your ignorance? Ignorance just means not to know something. I can think, I think when I sent that text, out, I think I got maybe three or four responses. And this is thousands of people who got this text. Three or four responses of people who said, I don't know, never thought of it. How can I figure it out? And they asked me for information, which would be a great thing to do. I mean, being in my text community, why not ask me if I'm making myself available to give you insight? Why not ask me? But I got a bunch of people who just threw out numbers and I would question, I challenged a bunch of people on the numbers that they threw out and said, how'd you get that number? Where'd you get that number from? And I got a whole bunch of, well, I just made it up or a bunch of, oh, that would be ideally what my number would be. Or I would ask them, okay, well, tell me when you have ever gotten anyone to give you that much money for an hour of your time. And they couldn't answer the question. This is a bunch of bullshitting. And it, this is, has nothing to do with the specific people in my text community. This is a general population thing. This is what people do is prefer to try to look like you know what you're doing when you don't know what you're doing, but you don't have the humility to admit that you don't know what you're doing. Therefore, you just stay in the same spot. This is an average person habit, what I just pointed out. And a lot of people don't know what business they're in. So whatever your answer is, all right, how much an hour of your time is worth? All right, if I want to buy an hour of your time right now, that's how much I would need to pay you. So when I asked the question first, before I gave that explanation, I said, how much is an hour of your time worth? A few of you thought of a number. So if I wanted to buy an hour of your time right now, I would have to pay you that amount. That's how I can get an hour of your time. Is that the number? Second question. Now, whatever the number is you got in your head for an hour of your time, I want you to look at the year 2022. And I want to ask you the following question. Given that number that you just said, okay, how much an hour of your time is worth? 
How many times did you charge somebody that amount for an hour of your time and actually get it? Let me see if I can go back in here and see some of the responses that I got from people telling me how much an hour of their time is worth. Let me see if I can find that. I'm just looking at some of the responses that I got. I got people who said, I got a bunch of responses that people just said 100. Just a random arbitrary number people threw out. Somebody told me $1,600. Somebody told me $10. <laughs> Let me see what other numbers I got. Somebody said $1,000 in a perfect world. Somebody said, oh, let's just go with those. I got a bunch of responses. I'm not going to go through all of them. Here's the thing. How many times last year did you get that number? How many times did you get that amount in the last year? You charged somebody that amount, that exact amount that you said to me, and they gave it to you. So, see, I'm not asking you how much you want an hour of your time to be worth. I'm asking you how much an hour of your time actually has been worth. Not your goal, not your dream world, how much it actually has been worth. Then I want you to use that number that you initially gave me, right, to gauge how much you want an hour of your time to be worth and do the math. What's the difference between those two numbers? So, in other words, how much have you actually been selling your time for? Look at how much money you made in the last year divided by how many hours you worked. That tells you exactly how much you've actually been accepting for an hour of your time versus the number that you said an hour of your time is worth. All right, that's how much it's actually worth. So anybody who doesn't know how much an hour of their time is worth, I just gave you the equation to figure it out. So if you're saying one number, but the other number is different, the question is, what's the solution to bridging the gap? How do you bring the number that you are actually accepting and charging to match the number that you actually want? Let me give you a hint. Let me give you a hint. Okay, it's not by believing in yourself and working hard. See, you get how all this comes full circle. See, if you consider yourself to be a professional at what you do, and I think many of you do consider yourselves to be professionals, you should be investing into the development of your professional abilities. We call this professional development, and it requires a financial investment. Right, that's why it's professional. Definition of professional is a person who does something as a main paid occupation. You want to get paid for something, you got to put money in. So, how many professional development investments, financial, did you make last year? Same year in which you don't even know how much an hour of your time is worth. How many financial investments did you make into your professional development? If you didn't make any, it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you're a worker. You are not, by the work on your game definition, a professional. Because a professional shows up and they get things done consistently. The only way you can do that and get paid for something is if you got to be putting money into it. That's just the only way it works. Nothing wrong with being a worker. A worker is a person who just shows up, you know, you get your check, and you know you go home. And you get paid for your time. But you're not setting the price. You're not setting the market. The market is being set for you. You're not a professional if you're not consistently developing. I play pro sports. All right. There are professional athletes, by definition, who are not really professionals, by definition, if you get what I'm saying. There are professional speakers who are not professionals. There are authors who are not professionals. They show up, they do their work, they get whatever they happen to get. But there's no strategy. There's no plan underneath what they're doing. They are not invested in developing themselves, so they don't get better. Therefore, their value is continually diminishing until they're out of the game. That's what happens to them. And listen, that's what's happened to some of you because you are doing these things that are keeping you average. The good news is because I'm pointing these out to you, you can do something about them or you can let the law of inertia control you and do nothing about them. But you can continue doing the nothing that you've been doing up to this point. Let's recap today's class, which is the habits that are keeping you average. Number one. Defaulting to belief and hard work as the keys to your success. They are not the keys to your success. They're elements of success. I'm going to say that probably a thousand times again in the future. I'll say that a thousand times just this year alone. That thing that I just said, I don't even want to say it again. Point number two, seeking validation and affirmation over accuracy. A lot of people would rather be right than to be accurate. Being right means validating yourself and making yourself feel good. Accurate is what is actually true, what is actually working, and what will help you get to the desired outcome. Many people know that the thing that they're doing is not getting them to the desired outcome, but because of their need to prove themselves right, 
They keep doing the stuff that doesn't work and because it makes them feel good. Number three, not knowing what business you are in and not knowing your business, period. How much is an hour of your time worth? If you don't know, look at how much money you made in the last year, divided by the number of hours that you worked. That's how much an hour of your time is worth. Then look at how much you want an hour of your time to be worth. Look at the difference between the two and ask yourself, how do you bridge the gap between them? I guarantee you that the gap is not bridged by you believing in yourself and having faith and working hard and hoping that God takes care of it. All right. You need to actually do something. You need a real strategy, a real system and a real approach. All right. How many financial investments did you make into your professional development in the last year? If you haven't made any, then stop calling yourself a professional because that's a disrespect to the profession. You are not a professional. if You are not developing yourself professionally. Okay. There are professional speakers, authors, coaches, trainers, and athletes who are technically getting paid to do something. So by the dictionary definition, are professional, but they're not really being professional because they're not doing professional things, which means eventually they're going to stop being a professional. They're going to get washed out of the game before their time simply because they're not playing the game the right way or better yet, the accurate way is a better way of saying it. All that said, text me, get my daily motivation straight to your phone. My number is 305-384-6894. Go to workonyourgame.live. Get your tickets to my next live event. There's a professional development investment you can make right there, February 3rd and 4th in Miami. Get your ticket at workonyourgame.live. And number three, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. That's where you take the next step in the work on your game world so you can start working on your game, get access to all of our courses, work with me directly in my coaching program, and we can start taking your game where it needs to be in a strategic way so you can stop playing these amateur games of believing in yourself and hardworking and thinking that that's all you need. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text to send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.